0: Welcome to Obscure Animation. This is the show where we talk about underrated, obscure, indie, animated films. And this one, it's really more underrated than obscure. A lot of people know about it. It's from Disney, so you can't say it's that obscure. But nevertheless, I think it's a fun one to talk about around Halloween. And we're talking about James and the Giant Peach today from 1996. And uh, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Stanford is
1: here. Hi, Rachel. How's it going?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Hey, doing great. This was such a fun movie to rewatch. It's been forever yeah. since yeah, I've seen I, it.
0: Me too. I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. And, you know, it's really interesting because uh, I didn't know that going to Animations Film this last weekend, I didn't know that Leica was going to be a sponsor of the of the show, of the festival, and so they had like the puppets and other things, and I and I know it's it's a different studio than James and the Giant Peach, but it's a similar aesthetic, uh, right? And-, and,
1: and you know, <laughs> and and it's yeah, the stop motion, you know, yeah. they've got the puppets, right? Yeah. yeah, So it
0: was it was really neat to get to see the the puppets they had uh, from all the you know the Lycan movies. They had, uh Coraline was there. Uh, the Box Troll was there. They had um. Uh, they had the one of the whole ships from Kubo, which was super cool. Oh, that's and, cool, yeah, it was interesting because Laika didn't have a film there,
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: they did the intro to every single movie. so it's like I saw I saw the intro to the, you know Hugh Jackman talking about how great Leica was, I think seven times
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so uh, excellent um, yeah like uh, um now I've seen I thought at the you know when I went to the academy museum. Last month, I saw the, uh, actually, I think it was this month. No, it was last month. Uh (laughs) It's a blur. (laughs) But uh, anyway, it just, you know, just recently opened. But they had, uh, I believe, a Coraline puppet uh, in in their stop motion animation room. That's what I'm wondering, if it was the same one. And it's interesting just to see the scale of them. Were they all, all of the ones on display kind of have a similar Scale kind of like you know a foot or eighteen inches tall. Yeah,
0: pretty like eighteen inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for obviously the ship was sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, How cool!
0: Yeah, I mean I am always just (sighs) amazed by stop motion. Me too. Love watching it. I think it's so incredible. The attention to detail that they use for stop motion is is just such a fun thing to watch even if the like movie itself isn't the best i like i'm just watching looking all around at all the little little world building things that they've done in the way that they put it
1: together well i'm amazed by the whole process too you know mm-hmm. i speaking of museums i went uh i saw a uh an ardman animation exhibit at this museum it was um it was in europe I uh, it was in germany uh it was this cool motion picture museum museum over there and ardman had done this really amazing exhibit um, where they showed a lot of just their, you know, storyboards and stuff, but they also brought in like full sets of, of a couple two or three Wallace and Gromit shorts. And I can't remember exactly what the shorts were, but I just loved. And, and one, in one room in particular, they, they showed the different stages, you know? So as far as um, lighting, goes too, and 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 whatnot and you know it was it really opened my eyes again just to just to the amazing artwork or the art form that is a stop motion animated film because yeah not only since it's all in three dimension not only do they have to you know build a set then they also you know they have to light it and do all this other stuff and keep that Mm -hmm. consistent with as they're moving the puppet you know frame to frame yeah it's so Um, cool it's cool it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I had the chance to interview Nick Park for Rotoscopers, which was incredible. He's oh my the goodness. creator of um, Wallace and Gromit. Yep. And, uh, and so that was really cool. And to hear about the, let uh, me say the number of frames that they're able to do every day. Oh
1: my goodness.
0: My interview I did with uh, Merlin Crossingham, who is the animation direct, creative director of Wallace and Gromit. Uh, I got to interview both him and Nick park and for rotoscopers. And I asked them, I said that, uh, that each day, an individual animator would make about three seconds uh, of animation a day. Isn't that he amazing? Says, he says, that's yeah. a very good day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I said, yes, it's a good day. Is it hard to keep the overall vision of a project when you're dealing with such minuscule amounts on a daily basis? And he says, Yes, it is, but our crew is immensely good at what they do, and that's part of their process. The hardest thing is all the animators are individuals, and they all interpret everything in a slightly different way. They don't necessarily animate the whole sequence. They will do bits, and other people will do bits, and the best animators should be able to do any part of the film at any time. So keeping a consistency of performance is the hardest thing from the animator's point of view, but also the director's point of view. So that... If I say to someone, "Make this moment very big," a person A might make it quite big. If I said to the same person, uh, to person B, they might make it th- thermonuclear. <laughs> it's curious when I said the same thing to when I said the same thing to both. So it's as much about getting to know the people and how you brief people and what you say to them. Just getting to know them as creative people and how they respond is as much a part of of understanding the style than anything else. Well, hopefully, once we've sorted that out. Uh, the audience the general viewing public is blissfully ignorant of all of this so thought that was interesting
1: oh it's yes absolutely no thanks for for sharing that because it just again it kind of blows my mind you know to think about uh thinking about that and i guess it's you know not necessarily unlike uh what hand-drawn animation was back in the day right how how many seconds were they able to pull together during a mm-hmm. day i don't know necessarily if if cg you know or 3d animation um speeds that up because there's still so much that they have to do you know even though they're using that rig you know the rigging and whatnot but yeah anyway yeah, it'd be interesting amazing. to know
0: it'd be interesting to know yeah but just, uh, but yeah nothing this... but respect
1: for the, <laughs> these artists
0: yeah. So this was actually, it wasn't like a, like I so said, it's in the, I think it has the same aesthetic, but it was a studio called Skellington productions and they only made three films, uh, two animated films. And, and one of them of course is a uh, nightmare Before Christmas. And then the other is this film and, and they were, and then they had a live action film called cabin boy. <laughs> Which I guess was a big bomb. So yeah, sadly they never made anything else after this, uh, because this was a big financial disappointment, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and is and is the is the director Henry Selleck still he's still doing stuff, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he, I know he was involved with in Leica, right?
0: Yeah, one of my friends was telling me that he has a movie coming out um c- that soon um for next year called it's it's called wendell in the wild wendell and wild okay um coming out uh, upcoming american stop motion anime dark fantasy comedy horror film uh with a script by henry Selleck and jordan keel and, and keegan michael k oh wow
1: yeah. okay interesting
0: so that should be really fun and well
1: wow. Glad to know that he's still involved with the art mm-hmm. form, you know.
0: Me too. Because I feel bad for Henry Selick. <laughs> I think no human being has made better films and gotten less credit
1: yeah. for those films
0: than Henry Selick.
1: Right. With Tim Bird's name slapped uh, all over Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And even- people
1: assume that it's his, you know, that it's his <laughs> movie that he directed it.
0: Yeah. Even just today, I put out a what we're covering, James Jai Peach. What are your thoughts on this? And my one girl, one of my friends responded, my, It's my favorite Tim Burton film for many years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, I, and then she says, Then Coraline came and, and took its spot. And I said, Neither of those were directed Neither of Tim those were <laughs> Tim Burton. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, he's the producer on both, so. Sure. but Still, it's just I I really do feel bad for the guy. I mean, he has made. I mean, is there a more iconic animated film than *I Were Before Christmas*? I mean, it is certainly it's
1: so popular and up there. so yeah.
0: Yeah, it would have to be if you're just talking about sheer influence and popularity mm-hmm. and iconography and all of that. It would yeah. have to be in your top in the top twenty most influential oh, animated absolutely. films ever.
1: You know, and, you know, as as we often talk about on our Talking Disney uh, podcast, mm-hmm. you can't go to a Disney park. I mean, every store is loaded with Nine Before Christmas <laughs> products. Yeah,
0: it like year takes round. Over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, like, takes <laughs> over hot topic, like, the whole right.
1: store. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not to mention when, you know, they turn the Haunted Mansion yeah. at Disneyland, yeah. you know, from October to December. And with, to, with that nightmare before christmas overlay and anyway yeah, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just something
0: so it's a, it's just kind of, i it must be it's got to be frustrating
1: yeah to hope, have your you legacy good contract yeah. <laughs> you know, good, pro, good profit sharing
0: i mean that. yeah i mean it would still like even if oh yeah hopefully he was well compensated but even still, it would just be so frustrating to have your work like not yeah. recognized as your work. That would
1: suck. Yeah, that would be bad. And people, yeah, <laughs> everybody knows Tim Burton, and nobody really, I yeah, don't think, yeah, just kind of your, yeah, they're like going to know so,
0: him. Nightmare Before Christmas. Before Christmas, people always credit to Tim Burton, and yet he didn't. He didn't direct it. He didn't write it. He didn't like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he, he like. He, did the sketches right yeah. he kind of did the character design Yeah. he has and a story
0: the, credit but a story not a writing cre- credit yeah and he has a producing credit but he had his name Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because it was the same reason they did with um, uh, Jordan Peele Presents Candyman you know it was this, the same idea that you mm-hmm. know he had little to do with it. yeah it was just a marketing strategy to try to get people to, cause he was very popular at that time. And, uh, and so then he made this and he has this film uh, from a, uh, oh, sorry, I lost my place. Um, then he has this film from 1996 and I, I just, I really enjoy it. I think it's maybe the best Roald doll adaptation outside of the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, or I guess yeah, Willy
1: Wonka and the Willy Wonka. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, What's your? Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. No,
0: I I I think that Roald is very difficult to adapt. What about you?
1: I think he's he's a challenge to to adapt to. It's been a long time since I've read this book, and I didn't reread it. You know, before I watched Mm -hmm. the film this round. Um. Yeah. What's your experience with with the book? And yeah. And how do you feel like the movie does you know does it I mean you 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 were you're talking about that you know, yeah. just that that is you know a good adaptation uh, well, what made it I, so
0: I haven't read it for a long, long time either. But i uh, I loved Roald Dole growing up. And it's interesting because a couple of years ago I reread a bunch of his books, Matilda, uh Charlie Chalk Factory, uh Camera Witches, I think maybe. And had such a different response to them as an adult than i did as a child which is fascinating uh they because I, I was pretty nervous i didn't really like things that were too scary or whatever but for some reason i really liked *Roll Doll*. And, and and as a, an adult reading them, i was like wow these movies i mean these books are really dark like really dark like they're killing kids and they're uh, you know they're beating there's a lot of abuse and i
1: mean like yeah um,
0: I, I one thing i realized reading i was like he obviously had some issues i don't know if it was just like the nuns at his school or something because almost all the female characters in his books are just beasts terrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a few exceptions there's miss honey there's you know a few uh but Oh my gosh, like the ants in James and I peach. Oh and
1: the, ants are so and, horrible. And the, the,
0: the trunch bowl and the <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, the witches. There's all these terrible women.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
0: And uh in uh, George's Marvelous Medicine, uh, his grandma is this beast of a woman and it's terrible. And and I, you know, I was thinking to myself, why did I like these so much? And I don't, it's not that I thought they were bad. I was just I just remember thinking they were so funny and so creative and particularly his, he has a little uh, like biography kind of book called boy. And I'm, at the time I thought it was so funny. I thought it was hilarious. And, and then as an adult reading it, I'm like, it is just a bunch of lashings. It's just him getting caned all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is so dramatic.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know, I remember
0: laughing a lot as, you know, as a kid. So it's just, it's an interesting thing. I I think maybe the reason why that kids like these books so much and they appeal, despite all the abuse and the trauma, yeah. is because the children are always the smartest people in the room. Yes.
1: That's what I was thinking, too. That it just seems like that's got to be why I like some of those books as a kid, too. Because, you know, as you know, I don't like really scary stuff either. But I'm with you. I just... I just I don't there wasn't one that I didn't enjoy. I didn't yeah. read all of them, but I read many and I I just uh, and that's yeah, maybe there was just something empowering about it as a child mm-hmm. to read that, you, just, you know that yeah, maybe some of these adults are kind of dumb <laughs> and and uh you know, we can figure this out, you know. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah.
0: And I think that's why they are hard to translate to the big screen because there there is meanness to them, but because it's all through the eyes of a child and the children are reading them you know it it works and uh but I think when it's you actually see those images and see the children getting you know foresee the cake or you know within Matilda or you know whatever yes. it's the images you see these traumatic images it's harder I think to deal with and so it's tr- tricky i think the probably the best Adaptations again. You have Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. You have the original Witches, and you have this. I think are the three best roll doll adaptations. Uh, I don't know. Can you think of any other? I mean, Matilda is is good, but boy, it is it is it is all. They are just so terrible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I quite like uh, the uh, film version of Matilda. Yeah. I, I didn't love the stage musical version of it, probably, uh-huh. but but I thought the film version was pretty good. Although I I I just don't know how, if if it was a perfect adaptation, but it, I found it to be uh-huh. a satisfying film.
0: Yeah, the the I recently saw the musical for the first time of Matilda, and I I liked it. I it takes a lot for me to not like a musical. But um I did think that it was very bottom heavy, like almost all the good songs were in the second act in yeah. my
1: opinion. And Yeah, oh, great.
0: Yeah. And it was all for the villains. They were really fun.
1: <laughs> mhm. Yeah, the, the villains were on stage. They I mean they go for it, you yeah, know. They do. Yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and yeah.
0: But, but I didn't love if you if over on my channel I did I just recently did a video uh where I um uh, or I should say over on this channel, I just recently did a video where I did a tier ranking of all of the musicals that I've recently watched. And I had a uh, mild clap was my tier. And that's where I had a Matilda was in mild clap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like mild clap, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's a good, <laughs>
0: but there is a, um, uh, there is a muse Broadway musical of James and the Giant Peach. I saw it one time a long time ago, in a really small theater here in Alpine, here in Utah. Um, and it's by the music is actually by Pasek and Paul, who did oh wow, uh, yeah, who did who did like one of the Evan first Hansen things. and
1: The Greatest Showman, and mm-hmm. well, that's a movie, yeah. but yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and so if you uh, if you like. Uh, if you like the story, should check out that. It's different music than it's in this.
1: Yeah, because in this one, it's Randy Newman. Yeah. And in fact, any else around the score, and a lot of times, I felt like I was watching Toy Story. <laughs> right.
0: I was going to ask you about that. I actually have that in my notes. I, yeah. I said uh, that uh, all tracks written by Randy Newman, and I think that's why it has a Toy Story feel.
1: It has a totally Toy Story feel, mm-hmm. which i do not it at all. I mean, it only yeah. came out the year before, you know, in '95. Right. But uh uh but still that was yeah, kind of kind of fun. And you know, I thought Randy Newman actually was an was an interesting choice for writing the songs because it's this is so um heavily British. Yeah, that's and, a good point. And and not that it necessarily fell out of place, but I almost wondered if if they had you know worked with some kind of a, with a british composer just cuz just everything you know all the actors as well as the initial setting you know uh
0: yeah it it does feel like to me that today they you would go with um with uh um desplat alexander desplat
1: yeah yeah cuz he's
0: not i mean if you just think of i think he did of Dogs and and Mr. Fox, I believe. Yeah, Bur- I mean, from my guess, my brain. Wes, Anderson. Wes
1: Anderson. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's only five songs, so I don't even know if you would actually classify this as a musical.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it, yeah, because they're not, and it's not. Yeah, these music the musical numbers are are, are few and far between for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, they're there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, as well as all the Randy and the Randy Newman music. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it starts out in live action.
1: Yeah, it starts and ends in live action, which mm-hmm. is, you know, an interesting, uh, artistic choice. Yeah.
0: And what did you think of Ant Sponge and Ant Spiker? Oh, well,
1: they're you know <laughs> as horrible as as you expect them to be. You know, from a roll doll, you know, uh-huh. no- novel, and and the actresses are so over the top. <laughs> yeah. You know Joanna Lumley and and uh, yeah. Miriam Margolis. I mean, they're they're dare I say quite perfect for it. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I and I think that that in a way that was smart to go live action uh, because they could really amplify that. I mean, they could of course do it with puppets, but I thought that was actually pretty. I thought that was actually pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you know, enjoy you know, it. Yeah. What did you think? I
0: think you need it in this because you need that sense of transformation when he enters the peach.
1: Yes. I agree. don't think
0: it would work if he was still, if he was stop motion the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I think you need that. And, uh, and so he ends up getting the, uh, uh, the crocodile tongues from the, um, from the man uh the magic man and uh they get lost and uh well his is also his parents were
1: gobbled up his by parents a rhino are gobbled up by this rhino that comes racing out out of the clouds and talk about uh, disturbing
0: yeah and sponge and spiker you'll he, never they never saw that rhino coming and the beast will get you too this is pretty scary stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think little kids might it might just be a little too mm-hmm. overwhelming for them. Yeah. At least you know the kind of the 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 bookends of this with because the ants are so horrible. I guess it feels a little more comedic in the third act. You know uh, when the ants show up again, but uh, yeah, they're ho- they're horrible. They're horrible.
0: They are really bad. I mean, they might be. I mean, it's hard to say what's worse because the witches want to actually like literally kill yeah. the children, right? But, <laughs> but, but <laughs> most of that you don't actually see like them killing children uh, in the in the book or in the story. You just hear the, the tales of uh, the, them killing children, uh, but. <laughs> It's just pretty they're pretty bad. You wouldn't put
1: it past the ants to kill, you know, to kill Yeah. Them. I
0: mean they get they the only reason so they don't is because they have a material advantage to not mm-hmm.
1: kill them. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's just yeah, they are really, really ghastly.
1: I loved the the uh set or the sets mm-hmm. that were created for these for the particularly this, you know, in the first act, this yeah. so, uh in that that very stylized hill where the house where the house is and and where they discovered the you know the tree the, the, where they discovered the peach um it, it works because it feels it's they didn't go too realistic you know it feels like you're you're reading a picture book and i think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you are looking at a picture book which i i compliment the art you know the production designer and art director for. I thought that that was, I, I like that. What did you think about about? Oh,
0: I agree. I would love to to have been able to have gotten an art book mm-hmm. of James's Giant Peach, uh sadly, yeah. that is not available. But uh, I would have loved to have gotten it because I would love to know kind of how they created the whole world that they did. I think it's really really amazing.
1: Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we, the first song that we get is my name is James and that's before they find the peach, uh, and very sweet song. And, uh, then he, that's when he's given the crocodile tongues and, uh, they get spilled and then you think, oh, they're wasted but then they find the peach. And the peach keeps growing and growing and growing. And uh, they want to use it as an attraction. And they're just, again, they're just so mean. They're horrible. You know, he gets dressed up because he wants to play with the kids. And they're like, they wouldn't want to play with you.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: I'm like, oh, it's so mean.
1: <laughs> they're so horrible to this cute little boy, you know. <laughs> oh.
0: And so he decides to climb into the peach. And that's when he meets inside the peach. There's Mr. Grasshopper. Uh, there's Centipede, uh, Ladybug, uh, Spider, Earthworm, and Glowworm. And, and we have uh, Grasshopper's voice by Simon Callow, Centipede, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Ladybug, Jane Leaves, uh uh, spider susan sarandon and uh, earthworm david thewlis so what'd you say is the uh and mary margley's also voices the glowworm yeah so who would you say is the standout of this kind
1: of oh i i'm rather fond of susan sarandon's performance uh Mm -hmm. i mean they're all they're all very good but uh uh I think the as Spider she's particularly good. Well uh, maybe just because I like her voice a mm-hmm. lot too anyway, just when you know when she's, she's when she's you know acting. Yeah. Uh but uh for me it's and also I think too I like the character design of, of Spider yeah. too. 'Cause she Me too. She, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they they uh I like when she says I do not know whether to kill you or
1: to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Exactly. Uh
0: and so they the first song is that's the life for me in the uh, peach. And uh then that's when they get the seagulls to protect them against the the sharks.
1: Yeah, those yeah. mechanical sharks. Mhm or mean. Yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh but again, a very, very cool design. And, and I think a very effective use is the stop motion animation. I guess just as I when I said the thing, Rachel, I really like how, you know, so the live action actor who, who also is the voice of James, you know, he's climbing into the peach and all you see is, is his silhouette and, and they transform it into what his, you know, puppet looks like you know, yeah for the, for the stop motion and it's an effective way to show all oh, oh, we're transitioning into something different now.
0: i agree yeah it looks really cool
1: yeah very really really nicely done mm-hmm.
0: and then you have the uh the they get the seagulls and then you have them getting very hungry uh, and I like it when centipede is dreaming of a, of a Turkey <laughs> <I> <laughs> flying the rusted Turkey flying. <laughs> the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, who knew centipedes?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, that's when James says, well, we hit where we have a peach we can eat right now. <laughs> we're, we're flying in something we can eat. So we get that's when we get the um eating the peach. And I have to say, I did feel like giving getting a peach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. It looks so good. It looks it make it look so good. Yeah, yeah I agree.
0: I love it. good that I think that that stone fruit in general, nectarines, peaches, plums, oh, apricots. Delicious. You, just, you have to get them from a store though. I mean from the farm. From the Not farm. Yeah. Because they are just terrible from the store. And so, <laughs>
1: but wow, you go to a farmer's market or you know yeah. some kind of farm stand, fruit stand. They taste the just wow.
0: bland. It's like you want to spit it out. They're from amazing. The, Other, from the store. Yeah. Yeah. There's they're great from the farm. Um and there's just no I don't know, there's no comparison. Like I feel like some fruit you can get pretty good from the store. Like um apples, oranges, sure. Bananas, things like that. Uh but for some reason, say, these any of those fruits. fruits,
1: yeah, <laughs> and and they, you know, how however they created, like Henry Selick and his team created that peach that they're yeah. eating. I mean, they make it look like like the best peach they're you've really ever had. Great. You know, <laughs> yeah, it just
0: mm, you want to like bite into it. It looks yeah, so good.
1: It's one. It's just. It's wonderful. However, they, whatever they made that out of, yeah, they they delivered.
0: Yeah, and then he has a dream sequence, and this is very interesting. It kind of reminded me of something you would see on Nickelodeon or see on MTV, kind of in that era. Like it had, it was made out of it was paper animation, and it looked it looked kind of like a music video to me.
1: Yes, yeah, that's a good. I think that's a good analogy. It's and it almost was kind of even Monty Python esque. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you yeah. know uh uh, and again, an interesting choice, and I thought an interesting medium to use for this particular sequence.
0: And so then we have uh, they are they're they're getting really upset with the centipede. They're going to go after him, and then James says, "Don't go after him because he's my friend." So that was really sweet. And the the just the friendship of the characters is really yeah, yeah. it's
1: you know it's fun that this, yeah the, the characters start to have some bonding mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: and that's when we get the uh, we're family song and uh, and then uh, James uh, he confronts the rhino and again they're talking about how like the the child is always the strongest person in the room. And in this scene where he stands up to the rhino, I think that is where you really get kids on your side. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, this is a character I can relate to and he's strong and, and uh, stronger than all these terrible adults.
1: <laughs> right. And, uh, and I've wondered if, I mean, if that, and again, so sorry that it's just been so long since I've read the book, but I wonder if that's one of the themes that just really resonated with me too, as a reader, you know, was like, the overcoming, you just realizing that you know you can overcome this, you can overcome your fear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's such, such an important thing to learn, mm-hmm. and 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 this is a, this is such a I think it's such a poignant way of doing it.
0: Yeah, and then you have him climbing out of the peach, and then he's back in live action, but he's on top of the Empire State Building, and he asks, you know, where uh where am i Where where's the impression you're on it kid
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah and the crane that pulls it down pulls the peach yeah. down i mean i love that you know yeah. it's just uh, it's also stylized and just, mm-hmm. you know completely unrealistic and just so fun you know just yeah. just yeah just really whimsical i i, I like that a lot
0: mm-hmm. me too and then the ants show up. They have somehow ri- driven their car. They driven, like,
1: driven the car through like <laughs> the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> they uh-huh. do. The, they do the transatlantic crossing yeah, in their horrible car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. And they claim that uh, James has a chronic, tr- chronic condition. That he's a chronic liar. And
1: uh, and they want their peach back.
0: Yes, they want their peach back. And that's pretty much the only reason they're there. Yeah. They want it back so they can make money.
1: As their money maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I like how oh, they they say, though, he's a dreamer. He's a dreamer. And uh, he says, it started that way as a dream, but doesn't everything. And then he says, I'm not the one who's nothing. You are. And that's mm-hmm. very, like, yes.
1: Yeah, empowering. Way to it's go. It's, it's so <laughs> great. And they have it coming because they're so horrible. Oh. Yeah, agreed.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no question. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that I wrote down that that moment of I'm not the one who's nothing, you are, is the real appeal of Roald Dahl in all of his books. There's always that moment of victory and yeah. uh, where the kid uh, is independent and strong. And I think that's what they what kids like about it so much.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely and that's what i remember you mm-hmm. know yeah I don't, I don't remember the specifics but i just you know, just the general yeah, yeah general feeling about that
0: and uh then we have the there's all these headlines i thought were fun um uh, oh, that was a fun yeah. way to do it yeah
1: the all half the point
0: um, hero yeah and his <laughs> peach pit pals
1: <laughs> and what's fun i think about yeah is that the that the, the, even though it's in live action the the characters the the you know that we've met the this the this the bugs that were in the peach they they continue to exist you know i I love that yeah yeah when i liked that they were still large as well yeah and i was gonna say they still were at scale Mm -hmm. yeah that was fun and even though yeah james is back to live action i I thought that was great too Mm
0: -hmm. and and then we get good news from randy newman and uh, to close off with him we find out that james lives in the pit of the peach in a house uh his whole life in central park telling his stories and that uh he wanted to share his stories with everybody and this is what you have just seen which is very sweet
1: yeah i love that too Mm -hmm. i love that peach pit house yeah this this is the coolest looking thing yeah
0: yeah So I enjoyed this. I thought it was really fun. I had given it previously four out of five on Letterboxd, and I just kept it as that same score because I really like it. And I think it it does a really good job of balancing tone of um, a beautiful animation, uh, the music. I, I, I would, I do think that this is a genuine genuinely underrated Disney film.
1: It was a fun rewatch for me too. Mm I, I, I enjoyed it and and uh was was glad to be you know reminded of it. Yeah. Too. Yeah.
0: Well, let us know if you're listening what you think of James and the Giant Peach. I had put it on Twitter and only got a couple responses. A lot of people not so high on it, so that was interesting. Uh but uh but I I enjoy it. So I'd be curious to know everybody's thoughts listening, what you think. Put in the comment section or on Twitter. And uh, we, uh, we have some fun stuff coming up. We're going to be doing our review of Peter Pan uh, next month. And then we have Encanto. An uh, and if you have any suggestions for what we do for obscure animation coming going forward, just let us know. And Stanford, where can people find you?
1: On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. I have a movie podcast and blog, which is at moviespastandpresent.com. And I hope you'll follow me also on Instagram. My handle is at movies, P a P as in past and present. Great.
0: And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please take a look at that. And also make sure you follow the Homeworkies podcast, lots of fun stuff going on over there. And uh, please like this video, please subscribe to the channel. Please. If you're listening on iTunes, leave your ratings and reviews. Really appreciate that and uh and check out the patron group and merch store we have hashtag animation junkie shirts at the merch store uh, and uh, we would really appreciate you taking a look over there so thanks so much and uh, we'll talk next month bye everyone
1: hey thanks bye